The St. Peter's Choir. That's right. <laughs> Conducted by Father Damien Cook. <laughs> My arms are going right now. That's right. <laughs> Keep it going. We like the breeze in here. It's good. <laughs> and good morning and welcome back, everyone. Sounds of the Angels bringing us back here at uh, 820 Spirit Mornings with Bruce McGregor and... Chris McGregor. My favorite piece of... Sanctus music, box, mass, and B minor. Just like you can just feel the angels just carrying those prayers right up, can't yeah. you? It's too bad that all that music, which was written for the mass, isn't sung in the mass anymore. It's always yeah. performed yeah. like <laughs> concerts, but it'd be neat to hear all that in the actual mass sometime. Yeah, it would be nice if we just get it, just get the people. So everybody, come on down to St. Peter's, and they'll teach you how to do it. That's right, because our whole choir's right here. Where they're they're leaving right now from the studio, so they're yeah. going back down to St. Peter's. That's right. I think they heard there were uh, rolls in the break room, too. So, (laughs) (laughs) As we mentioned, we are here with Father Damien Cook from St. Peter's Parish. Father, welcome. Thank you. Greetings. And uh, you've brought a special guest with you today. Yes, I'd like to invite you to uh, listen to Father Titus Keeninger. Father is with the work of the Holy Angels. Opus Sanctorum Angelorum has been giving a mission at our parish. And as in town, he'll be giving a, a retreat down in Waverly, Nebraska, starting tomorrow. But uh, he's a wonderful proponent of the angels and a wonderful teacher. So we're glad to have him here in Omaha. Father, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here and to speak to so many people at once to multiply the word. Oh, Thank you. well, isn't that just the work of the angels to just get the message out and to, right. to be heralds of the good news? That's right. And I just want to, before, before, because I know you're going to go and pray before the Blessed Sacrament, Father, but uh, just uh, a shout out once more to everybody to please come and join in the work of the angels and pray for life on September 15th at the abortion clinic, essentially. We're meeting at St. Mary's Church and celebrating the Eucharist, but then we're processing to that horrible place. This Saturday, September 13th, we'll be there at St. Mary's in Bellevue at 8 a.m., Archbishop Curtis, ourself, our shepherd, is going to be leading us to the abortion mill. So I'm trying to encourage everyone. We want to fill St. Mary's, which is a good-sized church. We want standing room only as our shepherd leads us to fight evil. And St. Michael and all the angels will be there on our side. Um, So please come down again with your families this Saturday, 8 a.m. at St. Mary's in Bellevue. Thank you so much. And you'll be there, right? I will be there. I'll be on the sides, sidelines. (laughs) Conducting the choir. <laughs> Conducting oh, the choir. Yeah, one other note we got from you, too. We have uh, the Blue Mass coming up again. One yes. Just we, let people know about save the date on that one. Yeah, the Blue Mass is traditionally as close as possible to the uh, the Feast of the Archangels because St. Michael is that protector for especially the police and so forth. Um, the only date the Archbishop Curtis could come is actually going to be on the Feast of St. Therese, which is another uh, appropriate day. But October mm-hmm. 1st, uh, Wednesday, the first day of October at 6, I'm sorry, 6.30 p.m. festivities outside with the color guards, and then 7 p.m. Mass. So again, October 1st for the Blue Mass. It was well attended last year. We want to see again St. Peter's filled for that to honor our police, firefighters, and first responders this year. All right. St. Peter's one of the easiest parishes to get to. Just even through the construction, you get right off 480 on Leavenworth and practically dumps you right in the parking lot. Conveniently located off the Leavenworth exit off 480. All right. That's right. Father Titus, I just want to say personally thank you so much for the experience that I had on Monday night because I went with my friend Susie and we were so touched by your talk on the life of Our Lady and her 
uh, just wonderful experience with the angels. I just, I have never heard it put so beautifully before. You could just feel holiness. I mean, just like there was a choir of angels just uh, supporting and cheering on that discourse. It was really great, yeah, that I could present this way. More so as afterwards thinking more that not only the angels are servants of Our Lady, but we thinking more about Our Lady, we can even find the ident- almost identity, conformity, imitation, the unity between all these heavenly uh, inhabitants. When you, we think of Our Lady, when she was praised by Elizabeth, what did Our Lady say? Not, she didn't say, now you discovered my holiness, but she turned immediately to God and praised Him. My soul exalts in our Lord. And that is exactly the same what we learn from the holy angels. When the holy angels worked, like in the book of Judges, we find this with Jacob as well as with Tobias. When we want to discover about the holy angels, they always turn immediately away and turn to God. What do you care for my name? For example, they say to the, in the book of Judges, and glorified God. In the book of Raphael, we see it more explicitly. When he revealed his identity in the 12th chapter, he says about 10 times, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, give glory to him. So that's so beautiful. The union about the saints always pointing out to God, just like St. Michael, the leader of all the angels, who is like God. I think uh, the book of Tobit is one of the, uh, probably my favorite book in the Old Testament. I mean, I it's love them great. all, but there is something so wonderful about the action of this wonderful archangel. And it was his response to God's, uh, actually God interceding for us, but using the archangel Raphael to touch the lives of this this humble, holy man and this, this young girl who the, both were in so much pain. Exactly. That's a very beautiful uh, explanation to see how the angels work in general in the life of man. Both Tobias, Tobit, the old one, and Sarah were in despair. And so many people today we say the greatest sickness is depression. Mm-hmm. And when we see on depression, here are the angels. When you prayed, when you sacrificed yourself, even for your neighbor, I brought the prayers before God, and God sent me down to help you. Speaking on abortion, it's really interesting, the first place in sacred scripture where we hear the angels speak is to Hagar. We'd say a single mother mm-hmm. who is despaired, who went out in the desert, wanted to give up life, couldn't handle her situation, and here comes the angel. In a very soft way, very human way, Hagar, where are you? who are you? Where are you coming? Where are you going? So really it's this personal interest which is such a beautiful example for our love of neighbor which the angel give us. The angels are not, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, they're underutilized in today's world. They're such a tremendous gift to us, and they're, they're waiting, aren't they, Father, to help us, but they will not, inf- uh, uh, not impose themselves because of our free will. They won't just jump into our lives unless we're open to them. That's one of the stroking moments in the book of Tobias, going back to this, when the old father said to the son, look for a companion before I send you away. And he goes out of the door and all of a sudden, here it is already, one standing. Mm-hmm. And if we, we know that he's an angel, then it's really significant. He's waiting to be called in. Or as one of our brothers says, they are so unemployed yeah. and want to be called in. And that's a big 
great signific significance for the distinction between the fallen angel and good angels. The fallen angels don't wait to be called. On the contrary, they want to jump in wherever they can, while the good angels respect human free freedom, free will, which is so important for the discernment of spirits, so necessary today, speaking on the good angels, that we don't reach out for any spectacular contact with the angels, because here the devil enters, while we just humbly pray to God to send us his angels. God then decides, and the angels are faithful. And if another short indication for this help of discernment and protection against the fallen angels is to call always up upon the holy angels. Otherwise the fallen angels considers himself invited, uh, invited and jumps in and de deceives us with a very smart way, as St. Paul says, he even appears like an angel of light. Right. And we are lost in, in, fr in front of this. Absolutely. It's so important to appeal to the angels, too. I mean, it is uh, to allow them to minister us to us, because each of us, it's not just a, a, a little nice myth we tell children. We are given a guardian angel to be with us. And this, not only for our physical life, which we experience more with the children, as Thomas Aquinas points out, with the children, yes, they care for their body, because the children cannot take care so much of themselves. But that doesn't mean that when we grow up and can take care of our own physical life, at least to a certain extent, then, then the angels are without doing anything or without knowing what to do. But here then, they come in and guide us for our spiritual life. There is the main danger for the adult, to lose God, to sin. It is a hidden way, but still a much more important way. For this reason, it's beautiful, as I recently read, to call the angel not just a bodyguard, mm -hmm. but even a soul guard, or even maybe say a God guard in our soul. Mm -hmm. The angels have much, much more in our spiritual welfare, warfare than in the physical one. Welcome back to Spirit Mornings with Bruce McGregor and Chris McGregor. Joined in studio today by a very special guest, Father Titus Keeninger, joining us. Uh, Father Keeninger, of course, is uh, putting on the uh, angelic mission, if you will, at St. Peter's Church at 709 South 28th in Omaha. And uh, tonight will be the third evening, which will be uh, the wrap-up of three wonderful days on uh, teaching and instructing on the angels. Uh, evening begins tonight with confessions at 6 p.m., followed by Mass at 6.30. Uh, Father Titus then will give a discourse on the angels at 7.15, Eucharistic exposition at 8.00. And appropriately enough, things wrap up and close with benediction at 8.30. Uh, if you need any more information on this, feel free to call the parish office at St. Peter's at 341-4560. But again, I know Chris has attended one of the uh, seminars, and uh, we want to encourage as many of you as possible uh, to get down to St. Peter's tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. Tonight is on devotion and collaboration with the angels, and I think the holy angels. Yeah, well, I, I'm always going to say that now, Father Titus. <laughs> Just Very the holy great. angels. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because there are out there the fallen angels. I mean, if you're going to accept all the, the beautiful things in scriptures about the, the work of the holy angels and allow them to touch you with their love and guidance, then we also have to respect the fact that the scripture warns us about the work of the fallen angels, and Paul in particular talks to us about that, and even our Lord tells us, you know, be fearful of those who can, uh, you know, grab our souls. That's important, yeah, to not to emphasize too much the body on one side, on the other side, really to look out 
to the soul, as St. Paul in the letter to the Ephesians 6 so clearly speaks four times. We don't fight against flesh and bone, but really against the spirit in the air, the rulers of the world. Nevertheless, Brother St. Paul encourages us and reminds us that through sanctifying grace, through baptism, we are somehow taken out of the hand of the fallen angel and already join the heavenly city with a numerous number of angels. They are really so much surrounding us, and unfortunately, as we don't see them, so often forgotten. Just to think about one holy angel, much more powerful than the whole human race altogether. All intelligence, all history together gives just a little idea what the human species is, and every single angel is another such species, but higher and higher and more perfect always. Pure spirit, just thinking of how much intelligence one angel has, how much power he has, and all of this together putting into the service of God as a saint, as a holy one, who just has no other idea, interest than to bring us to God. We have to think about an angel is happy. Why? And about what? About the beatific vision. And what else an angel wants to, to do than to bring us into this glory? However, with so much respect, as we mentioned already, he waits to be called in, just like God himself. How much grace, how many joy, how many power God has in store for us and waits till we call upon. And that is a certain sense, we may say, sad situation of the angels. They are not called into our life, even having so much at their disposition. Each of us is given a guardian angel, and uh, a room is multiplied. There are six beings in this in this studio right now with the three right. of us here because mm-hmm. our angels are, are are there, and they, at the same moment they in, they are able to see God face to face. And that is so important to think of this. Pius XI, I guess, gave to John twenty third when he was ambassador for the Vatican, this council, don't be afraid. If you talk to someone, call upon your guardian angel and the guardian angel of the other one, then you are three against one. You always will win. Just recently, one superior of a religious community gave me the same testimony. When I took over, I was fully afraid today with all these tenses. But I always first pray to the guardian angel before every reunion. And it goes so smoothly and so perfectly. And we reach the things which we, which I would intend. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is uh, so important, the work of the, art, uh, the angels. We talk about the guardian angels who are with us, and we should recognize and pray with them. Pray with them, not you know, to them or do, uh, worship them like God, but, right. but pray with the, that holy angel. But also the the different those different levels, for lack of a better way of saying it, you know the different uh, roles of the angels, like the archangels. And I think when we look at Pope Leo the Thirteenth, for example, and it is pretty well respected his prophetic vision of the twentieth century. He saw war, destruction, uh, all these de- the destruction that would be uh, wrought from a lot of the idealisms that were coming out of the nineteenth century, and he. Uh, gave us the great St. Michael prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle because he could see it coming. Uh, then we, again, we see Pius XII who lived through that period, that that horrendous, horrific genocide, who once again extor- ex- exhorted all of us to turn to the angels. 
Yeah, when we just think a successor of Leo XIII, Pius X, who characterized the modernism as a summary of all heresies. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the explosion of hell upon earth. And Pius XII then, of course, much more aware and practical as well, he counseled in one of his last speeches, on the 3rd of October of 58, before his, shortly a few days before his death, turning to the Americans even concretely, he says, become familiar with the angels. St. Padre Pio, known today, he was a presented a book in, 19, in the 50s, and he says, you have to change the title, because this time, it is the time of the angels, he spoke. And that is probably the reason, too, why in the beginning of the 50s, started the beginning of this work of the holy angels again, not just by human reasoning and evaluating and exaggerating with the evil or something, no, by God's interference himself. He called a lady to and showed her, purified her first in the 40s, thoroughly about through many, many sicknesses, till she gets so clear, so detached of herself, that she could become an instrument for God. He told her, this is a time of the angels, the fallen angels and the good angels. I want that the angels are more venerated. Then he started out with his work of the holy angels, which then becomes spread all over the world. We are today uh, even the stations of the order of the Holy Cross, which the church entrusted to us. Now so speaking on the angels, like the Dominican speakers, the Rosary, Jesuits of Sacred etc., they want, the Church wants today that we, in the canon regulars of the Holy Cross, speak to the world, to the Church, about the Holy Angels. 2000, as a gift of the Jubilee year, St. John Paul II gave us a consecration prayer to the Holy Angels, to the Guardian Angels. And in following this, the confraternity of the Guardian Angels was renewed, so that we can offer today to the whole Church, and even beyond, this particular devotion and even instruction of a life with the holy angels. Because we have to know, devotion to the holy angels is not just praying to, as you said, but also praying with, a real union with the holy angels. In another document, the Directory of the Popular Piety, which was published by the Congregation of the Divine Worship in 2001, they state, uh, makes this beautiful statement, devotion to the holy angels gives rise to a certain form of Christian life. That means it's not just a devotion, a prayer, a short prayer, I say to him, but really a life together, educating us towards God, towards the major glory of God, and of course also to the love of neighbor, which the gospel tells us. This is Consequently, for us now, a, a charge to develop the spirituality, what it means to live with the holy angels and according to the orientation given by the angels. Consequently, those who want to approach nearer to the holy angels, at least according to our spirituality, this form of Christian life, we will introduce them through a year program with formation letters every month, with a little study and practical exercises so that after a year of formations, these people can evaluate if they really want to be consecrated to the guardian angel, and if they say yes, they even offered a three-year program of formation to be called 
to the consecration to all the holy angels. Mm. And this is a way how we understand today to make more emphasis on this mature Christians, which is so much spoken today, based on the confirmation sacrament of Christmas, of the confirmation to be really an instrument of the Holy Spirit as the holy angels are. And scripture is so often underlined, the reference to the Blessed Trinity, like St. St. Luke, or our Lord in St. Luke says once, and it's the same thing St. Paul repeats, speaking on the Blessed Trinity, and instead of mentioning the Holy Spirit, he mentions the holy angels. For example, in Luke 9, 26, he speaks that when we are ashamed of, of Christ, of me and my words, Jesus says, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of not of the Holy Spirit, he says, but of the holy angels. And just imagine this, if we are ashamed of our faith before the world, Jesus will be ashamed to, to, to confess us before the angels. What will this have consequences if we don't have the assistance and the help of the holy angels, of our guardian angels? So this, in, in, this is that the angels are so much part of our economy of salvation, needs that we really call upon him, unite us, and form this spiritual army not only of the angels in heaven far away, but here within the world, with bound to the holy angels as members, living members of the mystical body, which Christ is the head, head of angels and of men. And to form this spiritual army, that is, according to the mind of God, in this work of the holy angels, the purpose, the goal, not just for the work, of course, but in the church, in the whole church should become this one church uniting the heavenly triumphant church with the militant here on earth. And hopefully, with your help as well, here in the radio, presenting this work of the holy angels, speaking about this confraternity, we hope that always more people are really ready, not because of us, but because of the angels, and not because of the angels, but because of God. When we look to the tasks on this confraternity, according to this special certain form of Christian life which a church expects to, to reach through the devotion of the holy angels, we call always, always out to God. There are seven tasks, if I can mention them mm -hmm. briefly. There is first to walk and to live more concretely in the presence of God, because the angels are always standing before God, so there they want to lead us. Then to listen in silence, to the holy angels and obey them because they want to direct us, so we have to be open to count on their guidance and through this to imitate their love of neighbor, as a guardian angel is totally dedicated to this love of neighbor, to us in guiding us to God, so we too should become a guardian angel of the others and finally that we want to grow towards the imitation of the angels as servants of the heavenly queen of Mary. So the holy angels lead us first to, into the presence of God, then open to themselves more, guiding us towards the neighbor and to Our Lady, who again is the mother of God. So here we come back again to God. Concretely, the fifth, sixth, and seventh task mentioned first, to renew daily the consecration to the guardian angel, just not to, be, to, to forget this starting point. But then immediately, they lead us to the practice of the angelus, that means to Our Lady, recalling the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, but to, turning to her because she has the Son of God in her womb. 
That is the center of all Christianity, the incarnation. And because of this angelus, we find again to Christ. So that's a guidance we find through the angel, paying attention to them. They lead us to Mary and through Mary to Christ. So that's a seventh task is, as a center, the sacrifice of our Lord, if possible, daily in going to Holy Communion. And finally, leading to the attention where this salvation came from. It is from the cross. Those that we have in a particular, as a center almost of our spirituality, this is devotion to the passion of our Lord. Weekly and Thursday night, as it is already tradition in the Catholic Church with the Holy Hour, going back to the Sacred Heart devotion of St. Margaret Mary. So too, we try to be with the Lord in Thursday night, this agony of the garden, where the apostles slept, but God sent an angel to strengthen us. And to imitate this angel, to be with our Lord in his suffering, that is somehow where the angel wants to lead us as well. As well as Friday, which still according to catechism, the church says, throughout the entire year, Friday is a day in which we commemorate the suffering, death, and redemption of our Lord. With this, we find this beautiful, beautiful center of our spirituality. Adoration, having God in the center, which today the Church again emphasizes with this movement of the spiritual motherhood, with which has 34, 40, 24 hours adoration through seven days of the week from all the corners of the world. That is what the holy angels want, and the Church now proposes since 8 of December 2007 to be installed in all the dioceses all over the world, and everyone should be part of. So this adoration, then the contemplation, to be open for the word of God, for the guidance of God, because not we lead the world, not the church, but God is the Holy Spirit. And we should be open in meditation, in silence, listening for the will of God. This leads us to the missionary dimension, be guardian angel, being there for the sacrifice of Christ, which is spreads out and resembles the whole Christian life, and finally to expiation. We know that words are words. But the sacrifice is much more powerful, as the Church also in this document of spiritual motherhood points really out. We should pray for the priest, we should do penance, and even offer ourselves. Expiation, that was the, way, the work how Christ re resolved, made a final point and a starting point of his redemptive work on earth. That is what the only angels want to lead us. Really, a certain form of Christian life. As the angel have Christ in the center, though we should find Christ more and more in the center of our life through this help of the angels. Wow. It is so important. I just want to go back for many of you as you're awakening once again to the importance and the, the, the true gift and blessing that we have in, in the work of the holy angels that we emphasize the holy angels. Mm -hmm. Because for uh, many Americans, we were inundated, particularly we, we are a, a country of fads, unfortunately, Father. And even the angels became a fad, especially in, in an area of the New Age movement. And uh, as you have pointed out, it's one thing to you know, pray to angels. It's another thing to be open to the work of the holy angels. Isn't that correct? That's right. And this is very important if we go back to the idea that the only holy angels are the servants of the Holy Spirit in a particular way to see the greatest 
criteria of discernment which our Lord already gave about the Holy Spirit. When he speaks about the Holy Spirit in the Last Supper, he always just characterizes him as the one who gives testimony of him, which is exactly Trinitarian theology. Mm -hmm. The uh, Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and from the Son. It doesn't create another spirit or another person in God, but looks back to the Father and to the Son. And so all his mission cannot be different than giving testimony of the Father and of the Son. Every holy angel, consequently, as far as he is holy, he will point out to Christ, to God, and to the Church. As the Vatican Council says, someone has so much Holy Spirit as he loves the Church. So it's so important to turn to the church for the proper guidance and understanding, especially for those who are, are, are encountering or are aware or beginning to become aware of the angels, the holy angels, because it, uh, you can go on, on a path that you don't want to go down if you just go and just get a popularized book on it or by somebody who is a pro- self-proclaimed psychic or something and hears something on the angels. You're, you're dancing on dangerous territory, aren't you, Father? Very dangerous. And there's a new book out, new, relatively new, from jean Carol Cruz, which is very much known from the Incorruptibles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. She also wrote a book in 1999, Angels and Devils. Very practical, very down on earth, very accessible for everyone. But she also, besides bringing scripture, saints, and so on, but also brings out the main characteristics of the Satanism and the evils uh, and so on, New Age characteristics, explains the terms. So she gives also an insight and an orientation about this not correct understanding of the devils. Of course, we have more books on, which are helpful in this area. Padre Pio and the Angels, a very practical book from his um, confrere Alessio. Then another helpful Lord and Bob, Bob and Penny Lord, Heavenly Army of Angels. Most recently, in 2006, was published a series of talks from John Harden, mm-hmm. who gave these talks in 1995, Meditations on the Angels, from his editor. And now, that's also a very deep, really, uh, almost some say even the master, uh, best book on the angels today. Because of his way of deep meditations and many, many points which can be reflected. So there's good literature around who really helps us to find. Even Benedict XVI, we just, just listened to him, when he ordained his private secretary in 2006, 29 of September, with other five bishops, he gave a talk, his whole homily was just on the angels, picking up the second and third chapter of the book of Revelation, speaking of the angel of the church. Then he says, these angels of the church, some understand the bishops, but they are angels too. And so he describes who is an angel, he asks in the whole homily, who is the angel, who is St. Michael, who is St. Gabriel, who is St. Raphael, describing their characteristics and applies it to the bishops. That how make Michael is, so should be the priest as a bishop and a priest. How St. Gabriel is, so should be the bishop. A beautiful example, he says how really heavenly angels, heavenly church and earthly church should work together in order to fulfill the mission God entrusted to us. Beautiful example how the church thinks today about the angels, not as strangers, but as co-worker in this for the major glory of God. Mm. Wow. Now, tonight, you don't want to... We're just touching just the top of a mm-hmm. pen, to use an angelic type of 
reference, but uh, talking about the work of the Holy Angels, we, you need to get to St. Peter's tonight. That's right. Uh, confessions begin at 6 p.m. It'll be followed by Mass at 6.30, Discourse on the Angels from Father Titus at 7.15, a Eucharistic Exposition at 8 o'clock, and things uh, close with benediction at 8.30. Uh, you can get all the information from the parish office at 341-4560. Or just come on down, 24th and Leavenworth. Very easy to get there to see Father Titus and to hear and experience the, the just the beautiful celebration of the Eucharist and that uh, wonderful exposition where the litany of the, the holy angels is offered. It's just, oh, it's tr- tremendous. And I know we're going to be running a little bit into the rosary, but we cannot leave Father Titus. We can, it would be, we'd be remiss, Bruce, if we didn't have Father Titus talk to us just a little bit about the rosary and the angels. Well, it starts out, if you want so, with the very words, essential words in the rosary, which is a Hail Mary, which we didn't know except through the teaching of St. Gabriel. And here, too, if you ever paid attention, it is not a prayer, as we understand prayer generally, interceding for this intention, this intention. But if you pay attention, the first half of the whole rosary is just a reflection on the greatness of Our Lady. Blessed are you, blessed... Not any petition, nothing. What? What is it? It's just admiration. So the rosary is really a prayer of meditation, not adoration, because we don't adore Our Lady, but we admire the work of God in her. As the angel says, the Lord is with you. Everything we see in Our Lady points out to the greatness of the work of grace. And so the holy angels really help us to focus on this great mother which we, God gave us from the cross. And again, what is the center of the rosary? The mysteries of our Lord. Mm-hmm. So the angels focusing, guiding us through Mary and through Mary to Christ, so that all the meditation which the rosary invites us lead us to Christ, the way, the truth, and the real life. Oh, amen. Amen to that. Father Titus Keeninger here with us this morning. Again, we want to encourage you to get to St. Peter's Church tonight, starting at 6 o'clock, uh, for uh, the... Uh, uh, the final discourse on the angels from Father Titus. And Fathers, uh, we wrap up this morning. Thank you so much for being generous with your time and being here. And uh, if we could ask you to impart a blessing upon of us and our listeners. Cross was in the session of Our Lady, the Queen of the Angels, Saint Joseph, Moshe, Spouse, and all the angels and saints. May Almighty God bless all of you in your ways and your works. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you very Thank much, you, Father, Father Titus. Thank you. We appreciate it.